Well, apparently, this is actually the first episode of Stating the Obvious podcast for the year of 2024. I don't know what the hell I've been doing for a month. I mean a month. Well, a month. A month and a half. I don't know what I've been doing all year other than fucking off and not podcasting. I've been busy. I've been working. I've still been busy. I've still been working. I'm kind of not in the mood, kind of. I'm not in the mood for podcasting, and I'm also in the mood for podcasting at the same time. I have so much shit to do, and I don't mean playing Star Wars, even though I am going to play Star Wars tonight, in theory, assuming I can get around to that, which, God, that game's pissing me off because they keep fucking it up. But I really am. I got a lot going on. You can scream and shout with all your might. And you? Well, you can scream, shout, wine, cry, snivel, piss, and look for a safe space. This ain't it. You can shove your opinions up your ass the way Biden's cock has something to keep it company. Don't forget my friends and my enemies, the ever-present, most likely the third possibility. You are wrong, and I am right. You are welcome. I've only had two gin and tonics before this podcast, and I'm working on a shot of whiskey right now. This one will probably not be as rage-filled as the previous podcast, but this right here, it is stating the obvious podcast, the weapons platform from which I launched the cruise missile of my intellect that homes in on and destroys motherfucking status all around the world. It does not matter what kind of status you are. You'd be a homo statist, a hetero statist, a bi statist, an ace statist. You could be a non-conforming statist. You could be any, any of the 47 different flavors of ginger statist. It does not matter. Good morning, children, because in theory, you'll hear this in the morning, because in theory, I'm going to record this and I'm going to post it get it done it'll be there fresh for you tomorrow morning kind of like when you get up in the morning and if you have pets you've had this experience right you get up in the morning and you're walking through the house and you're just got out of bed you're a little tired you're going to the kitchen get things going you know start working on that pot of coffee and everything like that and then there's something nice and fresh waiting for you and you step right in it and you look down it's a pool of vomit or it's a pool of piss or it's a fucking nice little package of poop. Ah, oh, yeah, and it's all in your toes and everything. And ooh, it's all squishy and warm. Ah, imagine that's probably what stepping on a fucking feminist is like. Just squashing them. It's like stepping into a puddle of vomit. It's all she's all squishy and God, I have I have seen mine eyes have seen the glory. Of the internet. Oh, I have seen I've seen things on the internet and I wish they would vanish from my memory like tears in the rain, but they don't. They're stuck there. Oh, I've seen things on the internet. I don't think we're gonna talk about any of those things today because I'm saving them. There's I God, there's so much. Anyway, we're not let me just not hold on. Let me get my Got to arrange the furniture here. I'm not going to talk about all the things I'd like to talk about. Let me talk about the things I actually want to talk about. I reread the book Phantoms by Dean R. Kuntz. 
K-O-O-N-T-Z. I've talked about this guy before. He writes horror novels. I don't even know if he's still alive. This came out, like this came out when I was in high school or maybe even before that. I had this book when I was in high school. I read it when I was in high school. When is, I'm looking. 1983. Dean R. Kuntz. I've read some of his books, all obviously older ones. They're all good. If you like horror novels, I can recommend this one. Phantoms. It was good shit. I finally, I was on the Amazon of the dot com and I was, oh, let me talk about this real quick. I'm still here. I was getting some stuff. <clears throat> this is going to be one of those podcasts where I just talk about an assortment of things and I need to get off my agenda. All right. So I mentioned to you guys, right, that I was reading the ginormous Conan comic book book, like the huge brick, right? And so in the foreword where they're talking about the genesis of the series, the person who's writing the foreword is talking about how they wanted to go back to the original Ron E. Howard material, not all the stuff that's been written by other people and everything else. And so to do that, they looked up, hang on, where the fuck is my mouse? There it is. God, I'm, I'm very antagonized just at everything. I'm sick of technology. I'm sick of stupid people. Yeah, I've, I've, great one. Are you sick of Jews? Yes. Yes, I'm sick of Jews. Okay. In fact, hang on. Give me one second here. I'm so sick of Jews that I'm sick of people being sick of Jews. So while I've been working at home, I've been attempting to catch up on podcast. I am way behind on podcast. I'm way behind on Spearco. I'm way behind on Dick Show. I'm way behind on uh, what's my new favorite podcast, The Grill Cast. I'm way be- I'm behind on everything right now. Even, yes, even on Star Wars. I'm even behind on computer games. Trust me. I got this. Hang on. I'm going to adjust the microphone. Watch your ears. I picked up a new computer game. It was on sale because that's when I buy computer games that I'm going to talk about sometime in the future. But I'm pretty much behind on everything. Why was I talking about being behind on stuff? What did that have to do with anything? I'm trying to remember. Conan. I was talking about Conan. Oh, Jews. Jews. I've been listening among the podcasts I have been listening to. I've been listening to Pete Kionis. And it's hit the point with me that he keeps doing these podcasts where he talks to someone about the Jews. And I'm like, God, guys, I am so... And I'm still going to do a podcast coming up about the Jews, okay? But I am so, because I'm going to play the podcast where the Jew is talking, and if you don't already hate Jews, which I know you do because you listen to this podcast, you're going to hate them even more after you hear this. But I'm so sick of Jews that I'm even sick of listening to people talking about the Jews. Well, did you know that the Yes, yes, Pete, I know about the fucking Jews. Did you know that? Yes, 
Yes, can we please, can you please fucking podcast about something else? There's more happening in the world right now than the Jews and Taylor Swift. By the way, how about that whole Taylor Swift Super Bowl quarterback thing? So how do we get Taylor Swift fans to spend money on football? And how do we get football fans to spend money on Taylor Swift albums? How, how do we do that? Oh, let's have Taylor Swift date a quarterback or you know, whatever they're calling it. Are they even still together? Who just so happens to win the Super Bowl. Just, just so happens, right? None of this is staged. Are, are, are there any new listeners? This has nothing to do with Conan. Are there any new listeners who have not heard me talk about the fact that the National Football League, the winner of the Super Bowl, is determined in advance. This is not a joke. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is a fact. The amount of money that flows to the winning team and to all the corporations surrounding the winning team via the sponsorships and the paraphernalia and all this other stuff, that's a lot of money. That The flow of that money is not going to be left up to the determination of a bunch of men in tight pants running up and down a field, tossing a ball to each other and patting each other on the butt. The winner of the Super Bowl is predetermined each season. Now, some of you are going, great one, that's impossible. That A conspiracy theory of that magnitude would leak out. Okay, let me explain this again. This is not hard. This is easy to do. First of all, you don't obviously have a team that sucks wins. Okay, whatever team wins, because yes, the guys really are out there playing football. They're really running up and down the field. They really are athletic. They really are doing these things. These things are happening. The team that wins the Super Bowl each year was a team that might have won the Super Bowl each year anyhow. But it is determined it is made sure that that team wins. And no, everybody on the football team doesn't need to be involved. Once again, think about every, if you've ever watched a fucking Super Bowl, there are almost always total blowouts. Because all you have to do is have one or two people on the team that needs to lose who are on board with the program. And by on board with the program, I mean they have received a large deposit to their bank account who just make sure that their team loses. All you have to do is have enough wins and losses to make sure the team that's supposed to win gets to the Super Bowl, and then you make sure they win. It's, you don't need everybody in the league to know what's going on. So anyhow, that was a great publicity stunt, having Taylor Swift be Taylor Swift a tranny or a woman or whatever it is, having Taylor Swift date or whatever she calls it when she's a fuck toy for another man, a Super Bowl quarterback. And the icing on the cake was the shooting. Now, I barely know what's going. I saw a headline. That's all I know about this. I may need to fucking type it into Google to see what I can find out. But so apparently you guys probably know more about this than me. There was like a Super Bowl parade and there was a shooting at this Super Bowl parade 
the parade for the winning team, whoever the, I don't even know who the winning team was. I just know that Taylor Swift is dating, whatever that means, the quarterback that was on the team and that that was a brilliant publicity stunt and a fantastic way to shift large amounts of money. And then you throw a shooting on top of it. I'm sure the shooting was definitely not staged. No, no, no. That was not staged in any way whatsoever. That was a completely grassroots shooting. All right. Oh, Robert, did I say Ron E. Howard? I think I did say Ron E. Howard. Robert E. Howard wrote the Conan. So in the foreword to the Conan comic book, Giant Colossal Brick, the man is talking about how they wanted to go back to the source material. And so to get the original Conan stories, they picked up Fantasy Masterworks Conan Chronicles Volumes 1 and Volumes 2 which apparently they said at the time was the best collection of original Conan. He then subsequently said there was another book released that was an even better collection of the original Conan stories. So I thought, well, I want to find one of these books because I don't have the original Conan stories in any form whatsoever. So I went looking for the one that was, he said, the very best. It's out of print. And I found like some used copies for hundreds of dollars. I'm like, all right, that might be, I mean, I don't know if I want to spend that much on it. So then I went looking for these Fantasy Masterworks, Volume 1 and Volume 2 of the Conan stories. Not available anywhere on the Amazon or whatever. And I found them on Amazon in the UK. So I'm on Amazon.co.uk. And I'm thinking, well, can I order stuff? I mean, I know I can order stuff from England. I've ordered, God, I ordered stuff from England back in the fucking 80s. Those of you, there's a very short version. <laughs> Great one, short version. Yeah, right. I mean, back in the 80s, well, I'm still a Doctor Who fan, but back in the 80s when I was a big fan of Doctor Who, especially before they destroyed it by announcing that the doctor was transgender. And this was back before the internet and all this other shit. So, I mean, I ordered Doctor Who stuff, like, you know, uh, uh, toys, magazines, books, jelly babies, the candy. I ordered that stuff through the mail from England and it was shipped over here. So, I, I know you can order stuff from England. I'm like, well, can I order shit on Amazon.co.uk and have it shipped to the United States? Well, apparently you can because right here in my hands, I have my dick. No, no, although that would take both hands. No, I have Fantasy Masterworks, The Conan Chronicles, Volume 1, The People of the Black Circle, pretty sure that's racist, and Volume 2, The House of the Dragon. And the main reason I'm even telling you this story is that what was fascinating to me so I ordered these books from England. They shipped from England across the fucking ocean. Took them like nine days to get here. I order stuff from Amazon in the United States. Like 
15 days, three weeks for shit to show up. Like, what the fuck? How do I get shit from England faster than I can get it from, I mean, wherever the nearest hub is? I would imagine the nearest hub is in Denver, which is why when I lived in Fort Collins, I ordered shit from Amazon. It showed up almost instantly. So I got those. Haven't started reading them yet. So the reason I went down that tangent is because I was about to say is I was on Amazon ordering some stuff. I don't know what I was ordering, probably dildos or Fucking, you know, something they don't sell but should, like gin. I'm not normally a big fan of the Bombay gin. I'll drink it if it's available. But they got, hang on, let me, I'll be back. Just hang out a second. I couldn't remember exactly what it was. So I'm in the liquor store buying liquor because what else would you do at the liquor store? And I saw Bombay Bramble Blackberry and Raspberry Flavored Gin. Now normally I don't buy Bombay out of choice, but the Blackberry Raspberry thing was intriguing to me because I like blackberries and I like raspberries. So I bought it. How much did I pay for this fucking thing? Is there a price on it? No. I mean, too much. Booze is way too expensive. So I bought this. And I like to drink my gin straight sometimes. So I come home and I poured myself a shot of it. And I took a sip. And it was like, oh my God. It's like syrup. It's literally Hitler, guys. Like syrup. It's like, okay. This is not a sipping gin. This is a mixing gin. So I made a gin and tonic with it. It's pretty damn good. I made a martini. I did one part of this raspberry and blackberry. And then two parts of my Plymouth. And that was pretty damn good. So anyhow, that was my first bottle of that. I killed it pretty quick. I may pick up another one. Not bad. So anyhow, you can't buy gin on Amazon.com, though you should be able to. But then again, oh, I was listening to a Spearco episode today. It's an older one. So this happened a while ago. He was saying Amazon apparently laid off some, I don't remember the number, 10,000 employees or something like that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, their job can be done by fucking AI. I mean, there's going to be more of this. It's fine. You know, between AI and illegal immigrants, they'll take all the jobs. Everybody will wonder why our society is getting worse. It's fine because it's convenient. It'll make things cheaper. Actually, it won't make anything cheaper. Anybody remember? Does anyone remember? Because I remember this. I remember a time. Well, I'm going to tell you. Well, great one. Are you going to get back to the story you were telling about when you went to Amazon to order something, I am. I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get back to that story, Shunny. Just, just you listen to Boomer, great one. He's gonna tell you about how it was back in the olden days, back, back before fire, back when, 
We walked uphill for everything. In fact, we didn't even have a concept of downhill because there was no downhill. Everything was uphill. We thought that was normal. We didn't even have a word for it because there was no alternative. It was uphill all the time. You just need to to reach down and and grab yourselves by your bootstraps and and pull yourselves up, shunny. Because when I was your age, I bought a house for $25,000. And I made that money on my paper route and bussing tables at the local cafe. And if I could do it, you can do it too. You just need to to reach down and pull yourself up and, and just Buckle up, buckle up there, buckaroo. God, I hate boomers. I fucking hate boomers. I hate them so fucking much. I hate them so fucking much. God damn it, I'm so sick of the way they've destroyed everything. Someone, I think it was Pete Kionis in one of the podcasts I was listening to, he was talking about the attitude of the boomers and I listen to him. He's dead right. How the boomers were this this the and I'm going to say the first generation, as if I was there or something. But I mean, think about think about as you think back. And again, none of us were there. But you think about a hundred years ago, and two hundred years ago, and three hundred years ago, right? We have this impression, right, of parents would pass things down to their children, like the land. You had some land and you had a farm and you had a house and you would pass that on to the children and your belongings, your possessions and things you invest. Like you built this rocking chair and you built this house. Like T.J. Martinell has talked about how he's got this rocking chair that was in his family. I don't remember like if it came over with them or whatever it was, but he's got this whole story behind the rocking chair. Right, that the rocking chair was this object that his family had, and it was passed along through the generations. There, there was this emotional investment in it, and this caring, and this desire to take this and give it to the person who comes after you. And whoever it was that's saying this, I think it was Pete was saying that the boomers are the first generation at least and I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to say the first generation in mass that they just shit all over that right the boomers they got you know like the land that had been passed down through their families what do they do with the land well, they sell it because they want the money they have this house what do they do they sell the house they bought the house for $25,000 they sell the house for a million dollars so they can live in a fucking apartment or they can live in their fucking RV like everything they have they're not passing anything on to their children and some people i've probably said i've probably said a lot of stupid things i was thinking i forgot what exactly it was that i was thinking about but i was thinking about something really stupid that stupid people say and i thought to myself you know what I'm pretty sure I've said this exact same stupid thing on my podcast like 10 years ago or something. The boomers, they're just, you know, and, and, and where was I going with the stupid things people say part? I've already forgotten because I got derailed because I'm just fucking sick of boomers and Jews 
Great one. What about women and niggers? Are you sick of them? Yes, yes, okay. We don't need to go down that path right now. We can save the women and the niggers for another day. Actually, we are going to talk about women in this podcast if I get around to it. First, I got to get back to telling you the story about when I was on Amazon and what I bought on Amazon and why you should buy it also. But the boomers, all they care about is themselves. Oh, oh, I know what it was. The stupid thing I said. Here's the stupid thing I said. The stupid thing I said was that, wow, when the boomers finally fucking die, won't it be great? Because all the wealth that the boomers have will finally go back into circulation to, you know, their, their children and stuff. And you know what? I don't think it is because all the wealth the boomers have, they're just converting it into cash and they're fucking spending it all. And when I say spending it, remember when a boomer spends money, when your average boomer, even your average person, even me, when we, there's going to be some exceptions to this. Okay. But when the average person, but more so than ever, the boomer spends money, who is the money going to? So the boomer sells their house. They don't pass the house on to their children. They sell the house. They get a million dollars for the house or whatever houses go for these days. God, I hope there's a housing crash soon. I just, I would, of all the things I'm praying for to the God that I don't believe in, I, number one, I'm praying for a cute redheaded volleyball girl. But number two, I am praying for a housing crash. Because then maybe I could afford to buy a house. So the boomers sell their house. Million dollars. What do they spend the million dollars on? Do they spend that million dollars at local small businesses? Do they spend it at the farmer's market? Do they, do they even invest it in the stock market? Do they, do they even give it to their grandchildren to go to college without taking out a loan? No. What do they spend the money on? They go and they rent an apartment so they don't have to do yard work. Well, who owns apartments? BlackRock, multi-billion dollar international corporation. They buy an RV. Who manufactures RVs? Multi-billion dollar corporations. They drive around in the RV pulling their chase vehicle behind them, their little Jeep or their little fucking Prius or whatever it is. Who manufactures Jeeps and Priuses? Multi-billion dollar international corporations. And as they're driving around in the RV, what are they buying? Gasoline. Where does gasoline come from? Multi-billion dollar international corporations. And what are they shoving in their faces? Frozen pizzas and burritos that they're warming up in their microwave. Where do frozen pizzas come from? Multi-billion dollar agricultural corporations. Where do microwave ovens come from? Multi-billion dollar corporations. So the boomers take their assets, their physical assets, their home, their land, they sell it, and then they give that money to the corporations. 
the death of the boomers isn't actually going to result in that much money and that much wealth coming back into circulation. Once again, the great one has said something that sounded really smart at the time, but once he thinks about it, he realizes he's a fucking moron. We're fucked every time I've in the entire course of 18 years of this podcast. At no point have I ever thought to myself, Hey, you know, we're actually less fucked than I thought we were. It's only one direction. It's only further down the toilet. The fucking exterminations cannot begin soon enough. And then I hate the niggers and I hate the Jews. But, you know, I thought about this the other day. I'm going to get back to the Amazon story in a minute. Okay, everybody just keep your panties on. Thought about this the other day. There is one black Jew, Sammy Davis Jr. And being as the great one hates black people, the great one hates black men. I don't need to say that I hate black women because they're women and we all hate all women because yes, all women are like that. This goes without saying. We don't even need to mention women. The great one hates black men and the great one hates Jews. You would think that a human that combines black man and Jew, I mean, I know Jews aren't human, but if you're a black man and you become a Jew, because remember, Sam Davis Jr. isn't genetically a Jew. So he is human. He's black. He is a man. He is, well, was, he's dead. But he was black. He was a man. He was a human. He just became a Jew. So he's not genetically a different species like the Jews are. But you would think I would hate Sammy, Sammy Davis Jr. twice as much. But I don't. It's like Sammy Davis Jr., as far as I know, completely harmless. I don't want to know. Someone's going to send me a link. Great one. Did you know that Sammy Davis Jr. said, no, I don't want to know. Guys, can you not ruin it for me? Sammy Davis Jr., great entertainer, funny guy, could sing well, was up there with the Rat Pack with Frank and uh, what's his face, Dean, and you know, ripping back and forth and having a good, can you just fucking leave me alone in my goddamn fantasy? I don't need you to send me some dirt on Sammy Davis Jr. That's going to make me go, oh my God, Sammy Davis Jr. was a fucking, fucking, you know, whatever, a kike. Or, or a nigger, or, or whatever it was. I don't want to know. Just let me live in my fucking fantasy, will ya? It's a very pretty lie that I'm living in over Sammy Davis Jr. Can you just let me live in my pretty lie? But you see, here's the problem, guys. Here's the fucking problem. Pretty lies perish. They do. You may say, great one. Are you sure that pretty lies perish? I am sure. I am certain of it. You know how I know? It's not because I saw it on the TV. It's not because I saw it on the internet. It's not because the experts said so. I know that pretty lies perish because when I was on Amazon.com and I was ordering some stuff and I needed to buy something more in order to spend enough money to get free shipping because I don't pay for shipping because I can always buy something on Amazon like I need more toothpaste. I'm going to need something. I just get it. I need more eye, dro I get the eye drops. 
I'm looking through my list, like, what do I have on here? And there it was, the book, Pretty Lies Perish by Frank Servey. I thought, I still haven't bought that book. Let me go ahead and buy that book. So it showed up. Frank, this is a pretty thin book. Next time, put a little more effort into it, okay? If you want my cock bucks, I'm gonna, I need like twice as many pages. Fucking, sl- It's like an Aaron Clary book. It's like 90 pages or something. Some of Aaron's books are 90 pages. Bachelor Pad Economics is 300 pages or something. I don't remember what it is, but it's a bunch. So I crack open Pretty Lies Parish. How many pages is this book for real? Let me have a look. I do have it right here. 180 pages. I crack it open not knowing exactly what to expect. And I start reading. Now I get through the first story and it turns out it is a collection of short stories. I get through the first I start into the first story and I'm like, eh, eh, eh. okay, this is okay. It's not great. It's not like Uncle Nick, but it's okay. So I'm reading along and we're getting closer to the end of the first story. It starts coming together and I start to see where Frank is going. I'm like, ah, and, it concludes, and then it concludes, and I'm like, ah, oh, all right, that was a good story. So I start the next story. Anyhow, I'm not completely finished yet. I'm on page 141. This is a very good book so far. These are some great stories. If you have not read Pretty Lies Perish by Mr. Frank Servey, I highly suggest you get your ass over to Amazon.com, whatever flavor you need to go to, and pick this book up. It is... He has a very insightful understanding of the psyche of people. And there's a lot of stuff in this book that I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, these 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 facts this information he's putting out is this real or is he just making this up because it's very convincing i mean that in the context that he writes a story about an airline pilot and he has another story about a stewardess on an airline and he's got he's got some neat things like he's got these two separate stories that kind of go together but not necessarily Anyhow, he says things in here about how the world of airline pilots and stewardesses work. And I don't know if those things are true or if they're just made up. But it's all very convincing. He also has this great pair of stories about a husband and a wife written, obviously, you could probably guess this. The first one is written from the wife's perspective and the second one is written from the husband's perspective. Those are good as well. Honestly, all the stories are very good. So pick that book up. Where's my list of things that I want to talk about? All right, how am I doing on time? Oh, yeah, this might work. So I made a pilgrimage to Walmart the other day. It's the first time in about three months. I had to go restock on shit. None of that's important. Did Walmart. I'm coming out, and out there... There is the table with the Girl Scout cookies. They're selling the Girl Scout cookies. Ah, the great one does like the, what do you call it? They come in the purple box. Uh, fuck, why can I, Samoans. Samoans? Samoas? Something like that. Anyhow, for those of you in other countries, 
who do not know what Girl Scout cookies are. Girl Scouts, which God only knows what the Girl Scouts are nowadays with the 47 different fucking gingers and shit. But back in the olden days, okay, when the Great One was walking uphill. Wait, did I ever finish that story? What was I talking about before something? Oh my God, I am getting fucking senile. What was I talking about? I was going to tell you something about before something existed. Did I tell you this story? Did I not tell you the story? The fuck was I going to tell you? What the? <sighs> Someone kill me now. Just fucking, just put me out of my goddamn. There are days. There are days. And no, I'm not suicidal. If you hear that I died and I committed suicide, I did not commit suicide, right? But God, there are days that if I were to die, if I got hit by a train or something, I I just, I don't think I'd fight it. I wouldn't walk in front of the train deliberately, but God damn, if I wasn't paying attention and just, you know, stumbled onto the railroad track because I was on my seventh gen and tonic or something and the train did hit me, I just, God, I don't know that I'd fight it. Hold on, Great One, you can live. I mean, yeah, fuck you. Great we're almost to the hospital, Great One. Hold on a little bit longer. For what? I'm just, for what? No. No, it's just going to be too much work. I mean, yes, I want to see the Zoomer girls crash and burn. I want to see them on TikTok when they're 40 years old, crying about how they can't find a man. I, I want to see that. But do I want to see it bad enough to recover from getting hit by a train? I don't know that I do. I really don't. Whatever the story was, it was going to be good. Or it was good if I told you. But there was something when I was your age that we didn't have other than downhill wasn't the internet. It was going to be something else. Or was it the internet? Was it, it was about ordering shit from England and not on the internet. That's, I think that's what the story was. Anyway, it doesn't fucking matter. Can we go back? Great one. Can we go back to Girl Scout cookies? So for those of you in other countries, when I was young... There are these things called Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And the Girl Scouts, which was all girls, biological girls, because there are no other kind, the Girl Scouts, every year, they would sell cookies. Not cookies they would bake. The cookies were boxed and manufactured by a multi-billion dollar corporation. But nonetheless... The girls, they would go out and they'd sell the cookies. You know, they have a little cookie. And you'll say, oh, we're teaching the girls how to... And, and look, see, this is the thing. First of all, the cookies are good. Secondly, back in the day, back in the 80s and the 90s, I could say, yeah, you got the little girls and they're selling the cookies. And they go, mister, would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies? You know, And the girls are learning how to go up and talk to people and sell cookies. And they're at their table outside the Walmart or at the local 
store, you know, wherever it was they were set up, and they'd be, oh, sure, I'd take three boxes of cookies, you know, and they'd, oh, let's see, three boxes of cookies, and I don't know how much they cost back then. Now they're $5 a box, just fairly reasonable. So maybe they're $3, right? So it goes, I'll take three boxes of cookies. Oh, that's, so three times three, that's nine. So they're doing math and then you give them a $10 bill. They have to make, how much, oh, I owe you a dollar and they're making change and they're talking to people. It's good, it's great. And the girls are, they're, they're looking, wow, look at this money we're making and we're selling some cookies and we're out here in the sunshine and we're with my friends and we're having a good time. And the great one could totally get behind that because this was before, this was before women were all fucking tattooed, pierced freaks. Now, some of you, you youngins, you're going, wait, there was a time when women were not tattooed, pierced freaks? Yes, there was. There was a time when women didn't have tattoos. I don't mean they had only a couple of tattoos. I mean, there was a time when women didn't have tattoos. I know nowadays they fucking come out of the womb with the tattoos. So see, I was always happy to buy Girl Scout cookies. Because you're supporting the girls. You're helping them. You're giving them money. You're having fun. They're happy. They're smiling. They're cheerful. They're not all sitting around, oh my God, did you see on the internet how Taylor Swift was raped during the Super Bowl by Harvey Weinstein while he was shooting up the parade from a Chinese spy balloon because Donald Trump is literally a Nazi or, you know, whatever the fuck 12-year-old girls are being told nowadays? And there'd always be an adult with them. You know, the, the scout leader would be there. She'd be there in her uniform and everything. And the little Girl Scouts were in their little uniforms. They got the brownies. And then they got the Girl Scouts. The brownies had brown uniforms. Apparently, they're not called brownies anymore because someone decided, you guessed it. You guessed it. You guessed it. It wasn't hard to guess. Brownies is racist. No, nigger is racist. Brownie is not racist. Brownie is a delicious dessert. Brownie is referencing the color of their uniforms. Their uniforms are brown. They're young. That's the young girls, the little ones. So they're ease, I-E's. It's feminine, right? Like foodie because it's effeminate. It's feminine. Brownie, it's feminine. They're brownies. They're cute. No, no, no. That's racist. See, that's part of the daycare that we have to provide for niggers every fucking moment of our existence in the United States. Everything in this country has to be about, oh, that might offend a nigger. We can't do that. Then you have the Girl Scouts. Those are the older ones. I don't know exactly when you transitioned, not from boy to girl or girl to boy. That's not real. I don't know exactly when brownies turned into Girl Scouts. And then Girl Scouts could be as old as 18 years old. So a couple of them would be cute. Be like, hey, man, whoa, hey, Girl Scout, I hope you earn a merit badge. Whoo, yeah. 
So you had little brownies and the Girl Scouts and the Scout leader. They'll be there in uniform and selling cookies and, and talking to each other and, and trying to get people to buy cookies and, all, and just having a good old time. Good old time. Fun times. You're, guys, there was a time. You may not believe this. There was a time when women were fun to be around. I know. I know. You're saying bullshit. No, there was a time when interacting with women could be pleasurable. It's been a long time. So I walk out of Walmart today with my $350 worth of stuff that all fit very well into one shopping cart. Oh my God, the fucking inflation. It's just, it's... How much longer can our ghost economy, zombie economy, excuse me, those are different. How much longer can this zombie economy stay alive? God. Anyhow, I come walking out of Walmart. And over to my left, there's this little boy. He says, hey, would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies? I stopped because I had seen him on the way in, so it's already on my mind. This was not this was not a difficult sale. And I thought, well, and he says, we take cash or credit cards. I'm going, wow, these are great sales tactics. That's not how I remember the sales tactics from back in the 80s and the early 90s. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I turn, I push my card over there to the table where the Girl Scout cookies are being sold. And I notice some of you have probably already figured this out. You know what's not present anywhere? So there's a table. There's Girl Scout cookies on the table. Okay, that's normal. There's a cash box. Okay, that's all normal so far. I expect all of those things. There's a woman behind the table, a grown woman. Okay, I expect that. There's a grown man behind the table. Okay, maybe he's the bouncer. And there's a little boy I don't know, 10, 12, asking people if they want to buy Girl Scout cookies. Yes, my friends, the thing that was not there was any girls. Not one young girl in a Girl Scout uniform was there to sell the Girl Scout cookies. Because you see, at this point, it's just an it's an operation in nostalgia. It's a way to get you to pay money without getting what you actually wanted. You're, there, there's no Girl Scouts there. It's a fucking old boomer woman and probably her husband. And the kid is probably their kid or something. But she wasn't quite a boomer. But she was old. She was my age. Going, great one. You're a fuck you. Fuck you. Next person who calls me a boomer. Fuck you. Like, where are the Girl Scouts? But see, this was where, back in my day, this is how girls learned to approach men for money. Now, where are all the young girls learning to approach men for money now? Well, they're doing it on OnlyFans. Selling Girl Scout cookies, this was like the original OnlyFans. 
because could you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies? And she'd be, you know, she'd be like eight years old and she'd look all cute and she'd do that little thing, you know, she'd hold her hands together and she'd cock her head to the side and look at you, these big old eyes and be like, oh, look how cute I am. Will you buy some cookies? And you'd be like, oh, she's so cute. I have to buy cookies. Look how cute she is. And now not a fucking Girl Scout in sight. It's some fucking old woman and a 10-year-old boy who probably doesn't even know that he's a boy. I don't know. I didn't talk to him. I didn't ask him. Maybe he thinks he's a girl. Fuck. Everything. They're going to destroy everything that we love. Everything. I just finished watching The Searchers, 1956 movie with John Wayne. Basic lay of the story is John Wayne, it's post-Civil War. John Wayne was fighting for the South, which doesn't really matter that much in the story. Comes back out West to his family, to his, wait, was it his brother or his sister? Trying to remember who he was related to, the husband or the wife. Anyhow, he's, it's the family he's related to, and they've got their kids and everything. Anyhow, they get attacked by the Indians. The Indians kidnap the girls. He finds one of the older girls. They raped her and killed her. But then they've got the little girl. She's like 10, 12, something like that. And so John Wayne is chasing the Indians down, trying to rescue his niece. It takes five years to do this to get to a conclusion. If you have not seen this movie, I do highly recommend it. It is a very, very good movie. And one aspect of this movie is the races are very distinct. The settlers in the West, like they are very distinctly of European heritage. The Indians are, I'm not going to say the Indians are completely treated fairly, but the Indians are shown as being different. Like just the fact that you're out here in the West and you've got people from different countries in Europe and you've got the Indians and they are all, they are racially different. And it's noticeable and it makes the movie better. And there's some stuff in there that, ooh, it's racist. John Wayne is pretty fucking racist against the Indians. Or at least against the Comanches. Not necessarily against all of them, because there's a difference between Comanches and other tribes. But the races are very distinct. And another podcast I was listening to, I can't remember for sure who it was, or maybe I read it. This might have been on America.org because this sounds like something Brett would write. Or maybe Pete Keonis said this. But somebody pointed out that we're talking about, you know, so white and all this other shit. And here's a problem we have in the United States is that all of these different Europeans came over here and intermixed. And so we call this white And whoever was making this point made the point that people in Europe who still have distinct 
ethnicities should not refer to themselves as white. Because here in the States, unfortunately, we're at this point, most of us are stuck with that. But what I mean by that is if in Europe, if you are Irish, okay, if you can trace your lineage back, Irish for generate, don't say you're white, you're Irish, you're German, you're Swedish, you're Finnish, you're British, you're French, you're Romanian, you're Italian, right? You have those very distinct ethnicities. Here in the United States, us white people in the United States, we don't have that. We've lost that. And that sucks for us, and it is what it is. But for those of you in Europe, I think they made a good point. Don't call yourself white if you can put yourself into a smaller tribe.